How's it going, everyone? Zach, Dennis here. Oilers win 5-2 over the San Jose Sharks in the 82nd game of the season, cementing 50 wins. Now, this did not feel like a 50-win season. Now, depending on what happens in the Vegas game, obviously, we'll know a lot more about the playoff opponent as the show goes along. So here's to hoping something happens while we're live. I want to say what's up to Mark, Wise, Kyle, MGD, Hater McDater, all the regulars in the chat already going off, talking about the the possibilities because... Right now, it feels like it's like Avengers Endgame. There's 14 million and one possibilities that the Oilers could have in terms of a playoff opponent. So, yeah, that's super interesting. But uh, before we get into all that, we're going to, you know, have a little bit of a retrospective on, on this year because this is our uh, final regular season broadcast of the year. Um, we'll just, you know, kind of similar to what Calgary did, except the biggest difference is we're actually going to the playoffs. So it'll be a little different in that regard. But, uh, no notes, just vibes. That was the saying they had, and I stole it from them. So, yeah. <laughs> Before we get into all that, though, I do got to give a message from our friends at Sports Interaction. Get in on the action and make your bet with Sports Interaction. Every hit, every shot, every goal from all your favorite teams and players. With competitive odds, the best in, the best in live in play, and more ways than ever to get into the game. Like Minute Madness, our exclusive game with so many opportunities to win by the minute, download the app in Ontario, use the QR code at the bottom you see of the screen, or head to sportsinteraction.com to get started. 19 plus, please play responsibly. I did not have the window open big enough, so I missed a few <laughs> words on the side there and I stumbled. All. Yeah, that was on me. That was on me. But you know what? Just like the Oilers, clearly we're playing a game of don't get hurt. That's what tonight was. You saw it. And then, of course, in right at the beginning of the game, uh, Kevin LeBanc is playing. I don't know what he's doing. I don't know where he thinks he is. Uh, what, yeah, I don't know if he's... What kind of season he's playing at, yeah. Yeah, he goes in, hits DeHarnay from behind, um, originally called as a major. But, yeah, the big, bigger concern, obviously, DeHarnay hurt. Edmonton's right side already not the strongest. So to see DeHarnay lying on the ice in pain, I was a little bit concerned. I don't know about yourself, Dennis. And he's, look, DeHarnay's a big guy. He never really, you know, fakes stuff. He never yeah. really stays down longer than he has to. So, yeah, it was scary to see. Obviously, uh, he's been an amazing storyline for the Oilers this year. You know, midseason call-up, and he's just made a world of difference. Is he you know, absolutely flawless? Uh, no, of course not. But he's been such a major part of the defensive upgrade on this Oilers roster. Uh, it would be a shame to lose him for the playoffs. The great thing is he was able to come back pretty shortly after. Uh, it seemed like it was maybe more of a concussion protocol deal, but got back onto the bench and the rest of this game is history. <laughs> yeah, exactly. The rest of the game is history. And we'll talk about the game for a couple minutes here or there, but I'm sure everyone watching is in the same vein as us. This game did not matter at the end of the day. Obviously, I mean, it matters a little bit depending on the result in, San in Seattle versus Vegas, but like watching it this might have been uh, might as well have been a preseason game you know what i mean just like yeah. absolutely did not care uh yeah and tyler uh, tyler throw says in the chat landis got out for the playoffs yeah we'll we'll, we'll touch on that a little bit later for sure because that's obviously huge news uh in terms of the big boys in the western conference right like man there's a lot of stirring going on and it's it's crazy to think that 
It's the last game of the Oilers season. We're here doing a post-game show, and we still have no idea who we're playing against. There's still three possibilities out there. Yeah. Uh, we might not know by the end of this show, Zach. Yeah, well, so I think it's safe to assume because LA right now is beating Anaheim 3-1 to one at the end of the second. So unless Anaheim's got some miracle comeback in them, which I highly doubt considering this is... Game 82 of one of the last place teams in the NHL. Uh, It's safe to assume LA wins. So I think it's safe to cross Seattle off the board of potential opportunities. Wise Kyle says in the chat, it mattered as Skinner because he is now the winningest rookie goalie in Oilers history. Thank you for bringing that up, Wise Kyle. Yeah, so but we shouldn't say it didn't matter because if this game didn't matter, the Oilers wouldn't have dressed 97-29. Stuart Skinner wouldn't have started. But Stuart Skinner gets the record for rookie, for wins as a rookie goalie for the Oilers. He beats Grant yeah. Fuhr. Super impressive. Um, but yeah, it's I don't know what else much else there is to say about that, Dennis. Look, there there's a huge number of records. Surprising, right? It's it's the end of an 82 game season. Like you said, it didn't feel like a 50 win season. No, but it was. <laughs> and the well, Oilers got out of it with a couple of records. Mm-hmm. Obviously, uh, the big one that happened a little bit earlier, a couple games earlier, McDavid, Drysaddle, Nugent Hopkins. 100 points each. It's been well, a long time oh, since yeah. someone has done that. <laughs> oh, my God. There's a ton of things. Like We can go down the list. I mean, Leon added three points tonight. He had 124, I believe, going into the game. That would put him at 127 now. Uh, that's literally the second, mo- or second most points, not including Connor McDavid in like the salary cap era, I believe. Nikita Kucherov with 128 is the only player to beat him, and he won the heart that year. Yeah. Uh, it was funny. I was thinking about this during the game because, again, it was so it was so hard to take notes. But yeah, uh, Glendale Hawks <laughs> in the chat don't don't recognize that name. Uh, so thanks That's for joining us name. here. Happy with the consistent defensive effort over the last month. Yeah, the Oilers for like the last four months have been a top five defensive team in the NHL. Uh, goaltending like periodically has made it a little hard to recognize that. I think from an outside perspective, but in the market from the moment, especially Matthias Ekholm got here, they finish off seventeen two and one. Isn't that insane? Like that insane. That's why it doesn't feel like a 50 win season, right? Because again, and I go back to this show. It was a Saturday afternoon, mid-December. You were out running errands, doing chores, doing what you gotta do. It was it was a solo show for me. And the Oilers ended up losing to the Anaheim Ducks. And that was the absolute low point for me. I remember there was I genuinely believe they weren't making the playoffs. I was like, I was trying to think what we're going to do. I was getting ready for all the, you know, the customary articles that come with when the Oilers do bad. But then... Who's going to want to move out? Exactly. And then, like a bat out of hell, kind of right at the beginning of January, when the ball dropped, the year changes to 2023, the Oilers turn into the best team in the NHL. Literally better, have a better, finish the year with a better winning percentage than the Boston Bruins in 2023 strongest end of the season of any NHL team. And you know what? You mentioned Ekholm's name already. He's just been such a stabilizing presence. How many times earlier this season were we ragging on guys like Nurse and CeCe and Kulak, especially when he couldn't stay on his feet like in the first couple yeah. of games of the season, kept falling over? Um, obviously, had to make a couple of sacrifices and Tyson Berry to move out. But... 
all in all, like I am so happy and so proud of this Edmonton Oilers team right now. Mm -hmm. There's, there's just nothing really we can say more. Like they are a defensive, defensively stubborn team. Like they don't want to give any pucks up anymore. Uh, the four check is incredible. Big body. Everyone's playing like they're they're actually believing they're going to win the cup, right? Yeah. And what a what a contrast to I mean some of the play that was happening earlier on in this year. We ragged about them a lot, and I, I'm glad you brought up the lowest point of your season because uh, we obviously are new <laughs> doing sports media. Yeah. Zach and I started. Game over Edmonton uh, as completely fresh faces. Avery obviously has yes. wealth of experience. Avery was but... our, our Sean Horkoff, our experienced veteran center, you know? He was our veteran leader, our mentor. And early on in the season, you, you guys clearly in chat, you know, you get our reactions live on camera. But in the, in the group chat, as we're, you know, dealing day on day, just looking at a team that's, exactly 500 there were times when you know we we lost to like carolina and la and that would just send us down this horrible spiral of we're wasting mcdavid's years we're wasting dry years i'm so glad that now it, oh. we can say it the edmonton oilers are a cup favorite Absolutely. going into this stanley cup and playoffs. again we'll get into the playoff stuff we'll get into all that and i want to just echo what you're saying i am so proud of this team i have never felt this happy and this confident with the edmonton oilers in my entire life literally since from the day one i started watching till today i have never felt more confident in the edmonton oilers doing well in the playoffs now that could, that statement could come and bite me in the ass and so, whatever you never know but i just looking back on this season i think it i think it's safe to say or one thing i wanted to say is that like just in these 82 games we, as Oilers fans, are so lucky watching the players that we get to watch on a night-to-night basis. We get to have more fun than any other f- franchise or any other fan base because we get to watch the two best players in the NHL every single night do p- p- do preposterous things with the puck. Preposterous. Like, Leon had a wide-open net and does a spinorama 360 back backhand pass to Evan Bouchard for a tap and goal just to get him the bonus, right? Like, this is this team is close. You can see how tight they are off the ice. They want to win for each other. It's inspiring to watch. They're phenomenal. They are a great team. They put together a 50-win season, 109 points. They can beat anyone. They beat Boston. They beat LA twice. They can beat anyone. They beat Colorado two, two days ago. They I have... I'm putting all my eggs in the Oilers basket this year. I'm so excited for the playoffs. This is another thing, and we can continue to talk about the 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 players' personal achievements. But if you look look at it this way, think about the awards coming up. The Hart Trophy will will be won by an Edmonton Oiler. The Ted Lindsay will be won by an Edmonton Oiler. The Rocket Richard will be won by an Edmonton Oiler. The Art Ross will be won by an Edmonton Oiler. The Calder Trophy will mo- well 50-50 shot will be won by an Edmonton Oiler. That just leaves us the Stanley Cup and the Conn Smythe. Will they be won by Edmonton Oilers? I believe, you believe, I know everyone in the chat believes. So, man, I cannot tell you how fired up. It was like the trade deadline. It was, you know how when, as we were getting close to the trade deadline, 
every show that we inched up on it, like from the for the 10, we would just we'd spend 10 minutes talking about the game and 50 minutes talking about deadline possibilities, right? That's how it felt with the playoffs. It was like slowly shifting from each game. We'd spend less and less time talking about the game to just, okay, what's LA doing? What's Vegas doing? What's Seattle doing? And now we're finally here. I can't believe it. It feels like just yesterday, it was that funeral march into Rogers place where it's like, okay, game four, man, it probably inevitable is probably going to happen, right? Like it feels like just yesterday and now we're back here again. And I know I've been talking for quite a while, so I'll let you jump in in a second. But what the one thing that I want to say is watching this team now, watching Connor, watching Leon, you get a, there is a different feeling in their auras, not just the points they're putting up because those points have always been there, but I never understood why acquiring someone like Duncan Keith and Stanley Cup pedigree or, you know, going back throughout the years and why they're trading for people who have won the cup before. You can see the impact that that the each playoff series they played last year and especially the loss to Colorado. You can see what they learned. You can see the drive in Connor McDavid. You can see how he will not be denied. And it's you can Feel it every time you watch him step out on the ice. And tonight, obviously, he took it super easy. Like, I have no clue what his ice time was. I can't imagine it was over like 16 minutes. But no, and yeah, 15 you, minutes for Connor McDavid. So your first goal tonight is is clearly to see no one taken out of the lineup for the next game. Right. That was your your motive if you were on the Edmonton Oilers, especially if you're playing against the San Jose Sharks a team that's mailed it in for quite a while, except for, let's say, uh, you know, one or two guys. The rest of the team, they they knew what position they were at. Mm-hmm. And if the Oilers are, are coming into this game and just not even winning, even even if they like just won in in the shootout even if they lost in overtime even if they lost in regulation because they were dressing you know ahl guys it it doesn't matter in the end for this roster tonight Mm -hmm. all that matters is who's playing on monday or tuesday depending on how the schedule works out and exactly we made it through tonight that's all that matters led by ryan mcleod with 18 minutes of ice time which i kind of like get him really back into the swing of things Cody CC Ekholm and Nurse still managed to play over 20 minutes. You know, what else is new? Those guys are absolute beasts. Matias Ekholm can't turn it off. There was a number of times Sharks were just skating, and Ekholm sent them flying just because he's yeah. such a beast. Um, I want to just thank, you know, David and Ridiculous Nico for all the nice things they're saying in chat. Maya Kenyon obviously saying that the Ekholm trade was huge for us. We, yeah, we, we know. Ekholm is, my God, playing like a top five defensemen in the NHL. They Again, the Edmonton Oilers are seven, finish the season, 17-2-1 with Matthias Ekholm in the lineup. And some of those losses, like you can't even really fault them for. You have the Vegas loss in OT. That's just, I think, a tired team. It, it, they, I think it was like the third game in four nights or something. And there was a number of reasons. Like the Oilers just didn't get the bounces that night. And then they lost to Toronto in Toronto where they kind of had that three-minute implosion, which yeah. whatever, you beat Toronto like, Five days before that, again, happens. I think that was also... There was yeah. another... I had another excuse for that, but I can't remember. And then you have well, look, Jack Campbell start in Winnipeg. That was the only other one. So I mean, let's be honest. We looked at the last little while of games, and early on in the season, we were analyzing streaks, and we were saying, okay, you got to win against these guys, and you got to play this and that style against this team. In the last couple of broadcasts we've done, we're not thinking about, you know, 
how how the Oilers have to play. Mm-hmm. They just they just solidified their game so well. All we were looking forward to were playoffs from that point on. You mentioned, you know, we we had a couple of losses, but we didn't even talk about how lengthy the Oilers' winning streaks were. I mean, there was the there was the trip that I think you mentioned um, at where we went off to Toronto. Uh, after that, there was a five-game winning streak, then the loss to the Vegas Golden Knights, and then a nine-game winning streak to end off the season. I don't remember in the last couple of shows even talking really no. about these winning streaks. We're always talking about... Okay, can we leapfrog LA? All right, we've done that. Can we clinch the division? Exactly. Oh. That's been the topic. Yeah, no, it's coin. The funny part is our run has coincided with a it's equally, well, not equally, a lesser than spec, not as spectacular as the Edmonton Oilers winning streak by the Vegas Golden Knights and Los Angeles Kings. Boy, did I butcher that. I don't know how to. <laughs> poof, I don't know how to put that but everyone knows what i mean the, the oilers were the hotter team but vegas and la weren't far behind and right. that made it really hard for the oilers to climb up the standings as much as they probably should have uh, at least within their own division obviously i saw people talking about twitter that how like this loss this specific loss where they was kind of blew it against columbus or you know little instances yeah. pointing out throughout the season like if they just had one more point or whatever one more win here or there that they would have um won the division but you know what honestly i could not ask for a better outcome to a season again i just i think it's so funny and i i i tweeted it out a little bit ago that anaheim broadcast you can see the tears just behind my eyes as i recount this game and every goal i would go through i would get more and more physically angry like i watch that and i feel pain in my stomach just like i can't believe i went through that and i and stuck with it like the oh man the oilers they rewarded every single one of us for sticking with them and watching them. And man, it, it is such a treat. Like think about it. Connor McDavid finishes the year with that. What? 153 points now uh, yeah. on the season. Unbelievable. Three. Yeah. So I believe that there, I think there's one guy with one. I can't remember, but essentially I believe pretty much only Steve Eiserman would have more points. Steve Eiserman, Gretzky and Lemieux ever in history. Like I, did you ever in again? And I, I love going back and talking about, Oh, the Yakubov and the Hall and Everly years. You could, I couldn't even comprehend going back in time and telling myself that, you know, in 10 years, there'll be a guy putting up 153 points for the Edmonton I think you're pulling my leg or, you know. Zach, go back to the beginning of this season. Mm-hmm. And if you said Connor McDavid would have 153 points, would you believe it? Like, no. Props on just, just a no little. Way little tangent here and props to uh to adam uh obviously from sdpn's sdp show uh i'm sorry that you you lost your two dollar steve bet oh <laughs> mcdavid not wanting to score a goal for you tonight freaking rhymer uh, man like man guy's an <laughs> idiot but fuck he's kind of a good goalie like yeah, man some of those saves yeah, the Mark. first chance of the night when yeah. David was in a, a pretty semi alone. Yeah, him and Bukestad, like back yeah. to back. Like Reimer was on his game tonight. 
You are still put up five on him. I'm also I saw someone say in chat earlier. Uh, I think it was Hater McGator that uh, Happy Kane scored. You know, we want everyone rolling going to the playoffs. So I think it was really nice to see Kane get off the shot because he has kind of been riding that up and down the wave since he's been back. But yeah, I, I man, it was like what what do you, what can we really say about the game? What what happened needed to happen. Yeah, it does suck for everyone who thought McDavid would get 65 goals. Ty Ovechkin 66 would have beat him. I think if Connor really wanted it, really cared, he would have gotten it. But it doesn't matter to Connor. Now we're going to see the real Connor. Like, it's so hard for people outside of the market, I think, to understand when we say, oh, McDavid is going to take it up a notch when we get to the playoffs. But Connor McDavid is going to be a significantly better player when the next time the Edmonton Oilers are on the ice than he has been for the last 50 games of the entire NHL season. Like, Connor McDavid, I will. Put money on it now. If you want a $2 Steve this to the moon, $5 Steve it, I don't care. I'm telling you, it's guaranteed money. Connor McDavid will lead the Edmonds Oilers in hits in the first round. He will put his money where his mouth is. Not only will he lead them in scoring, but they will do everything to win. I Like last playoffs, I remember a quote from Kyler Yamamoto talking about how he was so jacked up. He was such a buzzsaw. He, his, he almost didn't know where to put his energy, right? And, and, and the LA Kings were kind of able to jump on them just how loud the crowd was, how dynamic the building was. It was almost an overwhelming feeling. Was, I don't think regardless of who their opponent is, we'll be able to jump on them in the first game like they did last year. There are mistakes the others made in the first round that I think they'll eliminate just because of experience. They won't take their foot off the gas pedal in the middle of the series like they did against LA last year. They understand how good LA is. They know no matter if you're playing Seattle, they could be in a playoff series against the Columbus Blue Jackets and you will see Connor McDavid treating it like he's playing the 1985-86 Edmonton as the best team of all time. Just to the moon or to the floor, to the floor and good morning, Almond. Uh, sorry, I'm so excited for the playoffs, man. We, we're going to get, it's going to be so fun. Such a treat to watch. Okay. We're lucky. This is why we're hockey fans, right? Like end of the time, you look at it and the lows, like you mentioned, especially when you're doing the broadcast, I, I think it's, it's something that having never done it before, it definitely hits you early on the nerves. What, what do you say? What topics do you go over? But like you mentioned, having the experience of doing a game solo where you lost to Anaheim, a bottom dwelling team. Once you get through that sort of, uh, you know, heartbreak, mm-hmm. if you put it in that term, uh, it, it makes riding the highs all that more important. And right now, I mean, the, the team is at an all time high, but you look at this roster and, with a couple exceptions, you know, like a like a Costin, like everyone else has playoff experience, right? Everyone's gone through the the struggle well, of last year. You, you know what? And, well, yes. Yeah, you know what? It's funny. And I was listening to Edmonton Radio a little bit earlier today. You know what? The Edmonton Oilers are one of the are if they were to win the Stanley Cup, would be one of like only five teams in the last ninety eight years that do not have a person who has won the Stanley Cup prior on their roster. which So they have that experience, but I almost like this experience better than getting a Duncan Keith who's won it before. You know what I mean? This is earned experience. Exactly. They have that desire. You, it's, it's that experience. You got so close. You were able to taste it, but you lost and you know that feeling and you know where you made your mistakes. You can recognize that. Like if me being some lame and just some fan on TV is able to point out game one, game four, whatever against LA, 
the Jay Woodcroft knows. Jay Woodcroft is planning. Um, yeah, one thing I keep forgetting to say because I keep getting into it when I start talking, but we got 44 people watching. I'm sure we're going to have a ton more uh, later. We got 20 likes. Let's just make a simple like goal, 52 today. Uh, not much. Once you get to the playoffs, you guys better know we're jacking up those like goals. So I expect just like the Oilers and McDavid are going to bring it, I expect every single one of you to bring it. Uh, Ridiculous Nico says in chat, Sorry, here, Dennis, you go ahead and I'll read it after. Hey, I, I just wanted to, well, I just wanted to bring up the fact that we couldn't have done it without the fans. I yes. mean, it's it's obviously a new show. Uh, Game Over Edmonton was an experiment, right? Let's be honest. Uh, it was so ambitious for the SDPN to go from Game Over Montreal to suddenly expand to all of these markets, but it wouldn't be possible without you the fans watching every game post game when it's either you know 10 o'clock at night or midnight or 3 a.m in germany australia <laughs> texas everywhere we me and dennis were flabbergasted every time someone says where they're from we couldn't believe the support that we're getting from you guys and continue to get uh, it seems to grow every single day uh you guys are awesome mgd has been the mvp of the chat there with me on a saturday night against montreal the only person in chat it was a one-on-one me and mgd but every single one of you, Caitlin in chat says, this is my first time tuning into Game Over Edmonton, Winnipeg. Super fun to watch. You guys are passionate, knowledgeable, candid, and professional. Steve Dangle on brand. We love you. Thank you so much. I hope you're back for the playoffs. I hope, unlike Liss and Brady, who are on the Jets bandwagon, what a waste of eight days that'll be. But um, thank you. I hope you, when the Jets do lose. Uh, actually, I can't be talking bad about other teams. I am, again, believer in karma. I can't. I, I shouldn't be. I, sh I really shouldn't be doing that. I got to watch what I say. But thank you for the support. We appreciate it. We hope that you do jump on the Oilers bandwagon at some point because there is always room on the Edmonton room. Oilers bandwagon for every single person. And for some reason, a lot of the game over folks are choosing to root for the Toronto Maple Leafs, which is just blasphemous. I don't know why you would not want to cheer for greatness, but I guess that's just me. You guys need to hop on the other shows here and tell them, like, hey, who are you cheering for after yeah. your team drops off and tell them to go to Edmonton? Because uh, <laughs> I know internally we have a, a little bit of a deficit here mm -hmm. uh, on the Edmonton side. But you know that when when we start a new show like this, the, the reason why uh, we talk so much about the chat and engagement and likes and Twitter and all of these things. It's because honestly, we started from no viewers. I, I know Zach, you had a Twitter account prior. I started from zero uh, when I first started doing this show and it it's just knocked my socks off. Mm -hmm. um, the support of everyone watching and the fact that you people are watching live, people are watching the next day, you know, on their commute to work. And we're hitting like thousands of views on videos. It's unreal. And honestly, we couldn't do this show without you guys. Yeah. Um, I, we, yeah. we talked about it, Zach. But uh, like getting back to the Oilers, like there, there were some, yeah, you mentioned low points, but there were an astonishing number of high points at the end of the season here as well. Mm -hmm. If you just had to solo say, pick one high point, uh, if you could do it, what would it be for you? Oh, there's so many, there is so many, man. <laughs> so 
right, man, I, I can walk you guys through a, a dissertation on why the Oilers season was just awesome. I could go through 200 different events. This was the most fun I've had watching a season. This is by far, this is the fastest a season has ever gone for me. Again, I said it earlier, it feels like just yesterday they were losing to Colorado and we're, we have now pushed through 82 games. One thing, another thing I do want to say before, and we could, I want to, and I'm going to say your question. This is a high point. I think it's a high point for both of us. And then we'll, we, we can both answer your question. The Oilers finished the year with 325 goals on the season. So what that means after 82 games, first of all, the Oilers are the highest scoring team in the NHL, I believe, by a, a decent, a little bit of a margin. But uh, Dennis and I are now donating $325 to the Ben Stalter Foundation. So after the show, we'll get that done and we'll post it on Twitter and we'll, we'll, we'll make it we'll show we'll prove our receipt that we're actually doing it and we're so happy to do it it was i think it's poetic seeing mike and leah on the broadcast night definitely brought some tears to my eyes they're just so emotional listening to them speak and just a cause you want to support yeah like i think last year the ben selter situation just it, it touched the hearts of everyone um in oil across oil oil country and it was it was tough, obviously, um, having the summer go by. But I'm so proud that we were able to first off make this commitment uh, between ourselves here mm-hmm. at Game Over Edmonton, uh, between you and I, Zach. And afterwards, I'm just also really proud of the organization as a whole. Um, just the amount of support that we've had uh, for coming from the Oilers Community Foundation mm-hmm. for, you know, the Stollery and, as you mentioned, the Ben Stelter Fund, who will do- be donating directly to. It, it goes hand in hand with the Stollery, right? So it's exactly. Yeah. And I, I'm so proud to have been able to raise these funds. Um, I'm sure. The viewers of this show, uh, if you feel the same way, if you're able to, if you're financially, you know, in a, in a position to, we'd welcome uh, any donations to the Ben Stelter Fund. You can find them just on Google, BenStelterFund.com. Um, they have a whole bunch of awesome initiatives that uh, just benefit kids who are in some of the toughest battles uh, of their lives. And I'm so proud to be able to do it with you, Zach. Mm-hmm. I'm so proud Same. to be able Likewise. to bring, just tell all of our fans uh, about such a worthy cause. And I'm hoping that uh, we can raise a lot more money throughout this playoff push because there's more to come. We'll, we'll come up. We'll, we're going to put work on putting some sort of charity drive uh, for the playoffs together. But yeah, you just, just during the broadcast, when they said the number, I think it was like 5.6 million to their, and you could see like the disbelief in their parents' faces. And obviously they went through like an, a tragedy, like a tragedy that most people cannot imagine, but to see like what they've made of it and how they're helping other families in a similar position it's just so inspiring, and um, I obviously we're doing our small part, and hopefully everyone else can help do theirs. Uh, I like MGD. Thank you for telling us me to remind everyone to click the like button because you know obligatory, you know like button request. Thank you. Uh, and then MGD also says that Anaheim is now only down by one. So. Let's see what happens there. Maybe Anaheim will make me eat my words, and I'll be ecstatic. But, Dennis, just to go back and answer your question, sorry, because I, I definitely took us on a very long and windy road to get no, here. No, I, I think I couldn't have uh, put it any other, any better way myself, man. Mm-hmm. Like, 
it was uh it was an awesome goal and I, I just wanted to tell you guys zach was the one that uh formulated the idea brought it all to fruition mm-hmm. um we're, we're just so glad to be able to to be able to make uh as as much of a difference as we can here on game over edmonton um zach just props to you man it's easy to it's it's an easy cause to support it's a very easy cause to support so i i don't deserve much props but i appreciate it so thank you very much but uh yeah like man if selfishly and now just to transition a little bit back on the list because we've been <laughs> we've been talking this has just been a game over retrospective which i love i love but to talk it's a game little bit more exactly game 82 <laughs> we're reminiscing we're reminiscing and i know ottawa did it and i know vancouver did it and i know calgary did it and i know montreal did it but the difference between us and them is we're going to the playoffs and the difference between our broadcast our team and the rest of the other six Canadian teams is we have the two best players we like man again couldn't be more confident everyone else can eat it, it this is awesome willie who exactly willie who M- M- mitchie what yeah is William Nylander the fourth best player on the Edmonton Oilers? You gotta ask the question, or would he be? Um, yeah. So my favorite thing that happened, like, I how thought. how can it not be? Are we, okay, are we talking specific moments, or are we talking like milestones? Because like in that case, I would say like Nugent Hopkins getting a hundred points, McDavid getting hundred and fifty. Like those are equal to me. <laughs> you know, I I think hey, you know what? Like we can. It could be. From this show, it could be a, an Oilers game. It could be a milestone. It could be whatever you like, man. I If you say the All-Star break, I'm going to be a little bit disappointed in you. But <laughs> <laughs> everything else, well, everything is dude, fine. Think about it. From the moment Stuart Skinner got selected to be an All-Star, like that was an awesome moment. Who thought the Oilers would have an All-Star goalie? And it no, I know why Kyle's watching, but it wouldn't be Jack Campbell. And I'm very so happy to see Jack Campbell get the first shutout of his season as an Edmonton Oilers. That was an awesome milestone. McDavid, Drysaddle. Well, MGD said it in chat earlier. There's like 12 players that have at least 10 goals, right? Like yeah. Yanmark got 10 goals tonight. Derek Ryan has 10 goals. Bukes has 17 goals. Like yeah, well, everyone on the roster tonight, uh, all the forwards mm-hmm. had over 10 goals. Like. It's insane to think about, and I know, I know, we kind of just <laughs> rambles a lot. Yeah, <laughs> but there, it is really hard to pick one moment out of everything, and and there's been so many ups and downs this season. Um, I I think if we're talking about just the amount of elation that I felt the the nuge milestone just hits so much harder for me when we talked about mcdavid's 150 like it's it was almost like inevitable like we talked about it earlier on in the season you know mcdavid's going to put up a ton of points he's really motivated this year he's insanely his work ethic is insane he doesn't give up anymore on plays he's scoring a lot more because he's shooting a lot more but being able to see, you know, 30 year old, now 30 year old yes. Ryan Nugent Hopkins, a player that was drafted when I was 18. I was 12. 
Oh no, dude! Don't say that. Uh, don't say I that, remember Nick. I was in grade six in his rookie season. I was in grade six. I have since graduated university, and Ryan Eugene Hopkins is still in Edmonton Oilers. Like that's wild to me. Oh, you, were, you were in grade school, and I was an adult. Oh damn, bro! Um, but like, it's insane, right? Ryan Nugent Hopkins, first overall draft pick, and he's he's a guy that I've followed throughout his entire career. MGD, don't make me. <laughs> sorry man <laughs> i know you're one of the homies but mm-hmm. uh, i'm sorry to do it for you travis bringing up the berlin wall that was oh. an incredible moment as well so like, many there there's just been so dude. many key moments this year dude the ekholm trade itself like that what a moment his first game against the leafs when they beat the Leafs who they struggle with, right? Like, just to see him come in and on Leafs fans using the excuse in that game, oh, well, all our deadline acquisitions are getting acclimated. Meanwhile, the Oilers trade two firsts, a roster player, a a ton, like, significant assets for this guy who people are saying, oh, he's really old. Who knows if that's going to hold up? He signed for long. He might be decent, blah, 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 this, that, whatever. He comes in and he is quite literally a top five, ten, 10 or 5 defensemen in the NHL. Like, the charts, he is, his numbers have gone through the roof. I saw someone say he's, like, on a 60-point pace uh, with the Oilers through his tenure right now over an 82-game season. Like, Beckholm has been insane. Yeah, and if you look at it, right, it I knew the moment that Ekholm came in immediately played his first game like he he didn't spend 24 hours in Edmonton yet and he was already suited up ready to go and part of that is uh, props to him and staying in shape being ready for the game and also to the organization to have all of the the jerseys printed all of his equipment ready to go for him I know he brought it but they <laughs> had to change and make it all available in the mm-hmm. locker room for him there's a lot that goes into logistics yeah um, they had the Kate's PJ, get down to Nashville and get him back and make sure he was there in time for the game. Uh, Yeah, let us know in chat. What are your favorite moments from the season so far? Obviously, we're hoping that there's more to come. Uh, But through these first 82 games, what were your favorite moments? I like what Travis said. The Kane injury was a scary moment. It probably pulled the team together a bit. I definitely think there's a little bit of an element to that. Evander Kane um, definitely had his issues in the past, but I think in this locker room, in this city, he is a beloved member of the team. I think every single player wants to see him succeed. They want to succeed together. They all love Evander Kane. And I think when he rushed off the ice, it was a really scary moment. And I kind of think, when did that happen? November? They definitely went through some turmoil there, right? Like that was kind of the low point of the season. They were just trying to survive. And Kane comes back and you just see rejuvenation. Like, and he came back a lot earlier than expected too. Like that was a significant moment. My second, ah, David, I love it. I love it. My second favorite <laughs> part of the season was Eric Carlson, EK65 Twitter. Man, that was that, what a time! That was an era. What a time, man! I can't, I, I can't believe they didn't play Carlson a tribute video tonight, man. Because that time with the Oilers was legend. It rivals the Taylor Hall post Buffalo coming back to Edmonton rumors. You know what I mean? Like it was oh, that yeah. level. Like I'm never going to forget about the time Eric Carlson was almost an Edmonton Oiler. So close, and and I mean we <laughs> during that entire trade deadline, mm-hmm. how often were we talking about? Jacob Chikrin, Eric Carlson. 
I'm glad you brought up chicken because that's something I want to take an L on, right? Like I was out here, <laughs> I'm screaming chicken, 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 but it's chicken or bust. Exactly. Boy, did Holland make me look stupid, right? Like, boy, did he make me look stupid. Love and it. How how stupid did Holland make people look when they questioned the four percent? Like, what? What is oh, this four percent retention? They ret- what is this? They retained he- on that. I forgot. They like they retained four percent. Did he miss a zero? Is is old man Holland just not typing key numbers into his butt in and, his keyboard? Exactly. And, and meanwhile, Holland, you know, if the Oilers do make the conference final, like Bob Stoffer said on the panel today, will win GM of the year. Chemo man in the chat says the Nugent Hopkins fight, and that was in the same game that Ekholm was for. I was in Ekholm's first game. What an awesome moment! Ryan Nugent Mayweather. Oh my god. <laughs> Uh, Manny I Hopkins. Want... I don't even know. I can't think of many boxers. Triple R. Uh, yeah, Canelo Alvarez. I can't think of a Nugent Hopkins. He has a horrible name for puns. Horrible. I'm not Gene. <laughs> I'm not Gene by any stretch. I can't. Uh, not none of us can be Gene, man. Yeah. Like uh, lo- looking at MGD in chat. Zach might be a baby because damn, bro. <laughs> like you made a half of chat feel old. Yeah. You may be a baby, but you grow a stash better than Nugent. Well, I appreciate uh, it. <laughs> I mean, something something might be wrong with our year because uh, when I start getting into the playoff beard, uh, it's it's much like Nuge. <laughs> it's gonna come in a little at the top and a little bit at the the bottom there. Well, so yeah, I envy you, man. Well, here let's ask. Uh, let's ask. Uh, we'll get to the rest of your guys' favorite moments in a second. But I want to ask the chat. What do you guys recommend? Like, what do I do for playoffs? Right? Because I'm a playoff beard guy. I'm a superstitious guy by nature. Right? So. Do I shave, clean shave before the first game? Do I keep the mustache and just go play off mustache? Do I go full on caveman, do not touch your face? Is it bad to trim your beard or, you know, clean up the edges during the playoff run? Like, I need to know because I do not want to be responsible for an Edmonton Oilers loss, you know? Dude, like, for the sake of your, like, personal hygiene, don't do a Joe <laughs> Thornton. Don't do, like, a Brent Burns. Like, I, I know I know it looks good, especially when Joe Thornton had the uh, strip of white down the middle. Like, that looked amazing. But, bro, don't, don't. Don't do it, man. Like you, you got you got uh, so so much ahead of you. Uh, clean shaven before the playoffs. Keep it and go heavy. Okay, <laughs> there's so got, many opinions. We got a couple opinions. MGD with the Cassian chops. I, I was know, gonna man. say Dennis needs to do the Cassian chops, or better yet, Avery. Avery needs to do the cast chops. I think. Bro- I, I don't know if it comes off well on camera, but like <laughs> Avery, Avery and I don't really got the facial hair growing. You, you like, and Avery got to do something. You got to we got to figure out something for you guys. Bi, I'll keep it. We'll 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 figure out a way. Because I listen, I don't want to look like a scrub. Like I remember, guys, I I do have a day job. <laughs> <laughs> he does have a day job, and Zach is still single. So exactly. <laughs> Exactly. I can't be walking around looking like Brent Burns. But um, like it it's it's amazing. You know what, Zach? We we should definitely do like a Twitter poll or something after the show. You gotta set that up for like a day or something yes. and, and we'll see how we'll that, that goes. Going. We will and get that going. Honestly, man, like it it's it looks amazing. I feel like no matter what you do, the Oilers just there's no stopping this team. Like this team is going to the cup final. Um, you, you know what you said earlier, you might, we might catch flack for, you know, being such a, a high rider, but 
this is the playoffs, man. Like this city, Edmonton goes nuts for these playoff runs. Like the the last time, you know, something happened, we hit capacity in a brand new arena outside, like around the arena, not even just in the arena, outside at at, uh, at the Moss Pit, right? Like in the future, this season, we're going to have two watch parties. The Oilers are going to have a watch party outside at Ford Hall and the Moss Pit, and they're also going to have one a little bit further away in the Ice District. Like, this city is all Oilers all the time, and I'm, I'm hoping that there's going to be more friendly bets, uh, you know, between Edmonton and Calgary. Maybe maybe not this year because Calgary didn't do so yeah, well. Yeah. <laughs> but, like, the, the fact that this team is just so, so hot in this city, like, the moment that the Oilers step out onto the ice, they're just going to get that that adrenaline from all of the fans hooting and hollering and screaming. Oh. It's going to come out through the broadcasts. Like I, I said this before. I, I experienced playoff hockey in person for the first time last year, and I swear to God, I still have hearing damage. Like I say that consistently. I've been to two playoff games in my entire life. I saw – I was at the game – uh, back in 2015, Game 3, Round 2, Calgary versus Anaheim, when the only game, Calgary lost in five that series, it was the only game they won. I remember Sam Bennett scored with like five minutes left in the third period to tie the game, but they called it off and the puck was on the goal line and it was very, you know, looked very similar to the goal that they scored in like 05 or whatever, 04 or whatever. And 04, uh, yeah. yeah, and 05, uh, exactly. 05. And then I remember after Johnny Gaudreau scores uh, like with 18 seconds left, sent it overtime and then Backlund scored like right in overtime to win. And I was there. That building was loud. That building was rock and the building was red. But when I went to Roger's place, I was not expecting it. Based on my experience, I thought it'd be one thing, completely wrong. They blew the roof off. I was in the in the upper bowl, my favorite sections, like the 220, 222, 219 area, you know, right in the middle of the ice, second bowl. And I, like, couldn't hear. There was so much stimulation. I'm looking around the lights. You have Enter Sandman. You have Darnell Nurse playing the play, uh, the, the playlist for warm-up. When they walk out to Enter Sandman, it's just goosebumps, right? The entire pregame ceremony, your, the hair on the back of your neck is, neck is standing straight up. There's nothing like playoff hockey. I mean, walking around the moss pit, you know, two hours before game time, packed to the brim. Everyone juiced. Everyone jacked. Everyone having a great time. There's bands playing. There's merchandise is selling the beers flowing people are screaming uh, you've never seen anything like it after the oilers win you know in the calgary series you have the guy throwing up off the gretzky statue or whatever <laughs> it's, it's insane like this this city goes so hard and uh, like rogers place it's it's a new building but you know what they they make it rock like the entire concrete structure starts to move. Like the fans are just so intense. The moment that, you know, the Oilers score an important goal, we register on the Richter scale. Like it's a minor earthquake in Edmonton mm -hmm. when they score a big goal in the playoffs. Um, I do want to highlight a question because a lot of people have wanted to, to ask it. And Zach, we finally got to a good segue point for it. Are you going to come up to Edmonton to the enjoy the atmosphere? Listen, I really want to. I really want to. Probably won't be for the first round because um, 
yeah, there's some logistical <laughs> things we got to figure out still. So I will got I got to do those shows from Calgary because it's tough for me to broadcast in Edmonton. But boy, do I want to get up there and be experience that again, right? It's also tough it, because Avery can only broadcast away games because he has to be at Oilers games for his yeah. actual day job. <laughs> uh, so it, so we we'll, we'll have to figure out some logistical issues. Hopefully the Oilers go deep, and hopefully I'm able to make it up there if. If, if, knock on wood, not trying to drink anything, they go to the cup finals, you bet your ass I will be on 104th Ave. I will be in the Moss Pit. I will do whatever I have to do to be in Edmonton. I do want to say, though, I I would also like to experience an Oilers playoff game on the road at some point this year, but we'll have to see. If they do play LA, which, as of right now, MGD updated us. uh, Oh, my God, Anaheim scored another one. There's three, four minutes left in the third, and it's 4-3. So... There is a chance, I guess, LA loses. I guess if it goes to overtime, I don't think it really matters, or I don't know. If it goes to overtime, then then uh, it doesn't matter. Yeah, and Vegas is up 2-1 on Seattle currently. I mean, th- there's no easy opponents in the playoffs. You bring us whoever, and I have confidence in the Oilers, right? So, yeah, I, I, but I mean, if they do play LA, I would, I would like to get out to LA to watch a game. I think that would be super sick. I don't know if I could make it happen logistically just with work and stuff, but... I hey really man, hope. I I'm sure you would love to be here for all two three months that we're on a playoff run. Oh, yeah. uh, but it'd be hard. It'd be an expensive Airbnb. Let's let's say that. Um, Travis hoping to attend at least one of the first two games at that outdoor square. Yeah, it, the Rogers Place has gone through a couple of renovations. It looks so nice. That entire ice district looks incredible. Uh, I'm hoping you know ESPN, TNT, whoever's broadcasting this game for those down in the states they will just be blown away by Edmonton and how vibrant of a city we are up here. Um, Obviously I've, I'm a bit of a homer. I've been Edmonton born and raised. Um, MGD with the with the old school, the Baccarat Casino. Yep, that's that's the old grounds uh, where Rogers Place was built upon. They're gonna have a whole lot of activity in that area. Downtown's gonna be buzzing. All of the bars are gonna be at capacity. Um, I wouldn't be surprised if we're people that are drinking till three, four a.m. in the morning. Just let the beer flow. Everyone's going to be having a great time. Productivity is going to be at an all all time low. Uh, living downtown will be difficult, as MGD has pointed out. It will be loud. There will not be a lot of sleep. But this is what we live for. This is playoff hockey. Absolutely, absolutely, Dennis. And I think that's kind of a good place to end off tonight. We've been going for almost an hour. I think next time. When we're but the next game over Edmonton will be after game one of the Stanley Cup playoffs, and god damn it, I'm hoping they win. Um, it'll be a blast. Uh, and yeah, Dennis, I'll let you take it from here. Yeah, from from the first game, I mean, obviously we we glossed over preseason. We we couldn't do any shows during then, but. Uh... From game one till game 82, it's it's been such a pleasure to bring you these shows after every single Oilers game. I, I want to thank all of our guests that we've had yes. on throughout the regular season. Obviously, really close buddies like uh, like Shaden and Eric and Kenny. Um, Jordan and Ashley. Yeah, Jordan Buhat, Ashley Collingwood Rabbit, amazing guests. Um, Liz from Game Over Winnipeg did a show with you as yes, well. Yes, yes. Uh, 
Avery's had a ton of fantastic yes, people Sprouse, on. He's been on. Zach Lang was his first guest. Avery just has a guest every single day. He, Greg Wyshynski was on the last show. <laughs> Greg Wyshynski on the last show. Wow. I mean, Sebastian Jackson. Yep. Amazing, amazing folks. Um, I, I apologize if, if we missed your name, but it, it's been such an amazing journey. Yep. Um, and the SDPN crew want to thank all of you guys uh behind the scenes i i know in front of the camera <laughs> it seems like we just sit down and talk and all that good jazz but um behind the scenes a lot of effort goes into it uh robert obviously mod yes. rob producer rob editor rob and then um, yeah and then andrew andrew who's ho- who's having to host his own shows and at the same time manage all the tendrils every single game over across canada doing all of the setting up all of the streams uh all the thumbnails all the write-ups incredible stuff much love to to Mm -hmm. uh, rob who just got summoned it's like beetlejuice (laughs) you say his name he just shows up oh how do you do it rob (laughs) like i i don't know if vancouver started any of the other shows have started but (laughs) bro amazing um yeah, it's been such a fun ride. Absolutely, could not have said I, it better myself, Dennis. I just I don't know when the next game will be, um, but Monday most likely because again it looks like they're gonna play LA. Like let's just put it, let's say it like it is. It is going to be. Uh, I keep checking the NHL.com here just to make sure they don't make me my and I doesn't make me my words. <laughs> but four minutes left uh, in that game and Vegas is beating been, Seattle. They got 20 minutes left to go. It looks like it's going to be LA. So most likely Monday game one, I'll be here. Guest is still TBD, but we're going to have a blast. And obviously let's hope that there we go for another two months. Let's hope this isn't the end. This is just the new beginning. It's part of the new beginning. Um, I, w- I will be away for the first round of the playoffs. So much love to Zach and Avery. They're going to be carrying the shows for you. Uh, Obviously, Zach doing the home games, Avery doing the away games. There will be tons of guests. Good thing about being part of a network is suddenly a lot of people are free. And I'm sure Andrew who's uh, secretly you know, a little bit of an Oilers fan here. Uh, we don't have a whole lot of them inside the company, but Andrew will probably come on uh, to support the show, support the cause. Um, we're hoping that uh, we get a long run. Mm-hmm. And when I'm back, the Oilers better better still be going on to this deep playoff push. I, I guess this is there's a chance that this is the last show that we do together this year, right? So... Bro, don't say that. Okay, I know. No, no, no. no chance. There's no chance. We're. I'm going to come back and okay. we're still going to be in round I hope, two. I hope. <laughs> when you're back and round two starts, uh, we will be full steam ahead. So, yeah, uh, let's let's end it there. I think that's a perfect place to end. So, yeah, Monday, game one. I don't know what time it is, obviously. I uh, don't know who the opponent is either. But we're going to find out and it'll be a blast. So, again, once again, thanks to everyone. And we will see you all on, when, or on Monday. Take care for now. And one more time for Ben, for everyone in Oil Country, let's play La Bomba, baby. Play La Bomba, baby! Good night.